Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. The Oakland School Board will decide on Tuesday night whether or not it will close or consolidate 16 of the district's 80 schools. The controversial proposal is a cost-saving strategy to help the Oakland Unified School District's deep financial troubles. Enrollment has decreased dramatically over the years, and that's caused the district to lose $150 million in state funding each year. Closing or merging some of its schools could save the district up to around $14 million each year. But the proposal has garnered angry responses from activists and city officials across Oakland. That's because the schools targeted in the proposal are mostly attended by black and brown students. I think that this is a direct target against black and brown communities, as it has been for decades. We've seen it before during the civil rights era that the the miseducation here for our black and brown children is just continued to rise. Two school staff members, a teacher, and a district program manager have been staging a hunger strike for the last week in front of Westlake Middle School, one of the schools on the chopping block. What do you think is more dramatic? Someone choosing to not eat until things are just? Or someone saying, I'm going to close 15 schools of predominantly black and brown children without talking to them about it? Because I can The issue is complicated and emotional, and here to explain what is going on is Chronicle Education reporter Jill Tucker. Jill will discuss how OUSD found itself in such deep financial trouble and what is at stake for the community. We'll also hear from one of the hunger strikers. Moses Omalade, the district's community schools program manager, shares why he's decided to take such an extreme measure to try to stop the proposed closures and mergers of the schools. Let's start with Jill Tucker. Jill, thanks so much for being back on Fifth Emission. My pleasure. So there's a ton to unpack here ahead of Tuesday's vote. Let's start with why is the Oakland Unified School District saying these potential closures and mergers are necessary? This has been a long time coming, you know, 20 years. Um, They've had declining enrollment for a very long time and have lost about 15,000 students over the last two decades. And so what we have today is a district that has 80 schools for 33,000 students, which is about twice as many as schools with similar enrollment. And so really when you when you get to that point, 
where you've lost so much enrollment but still keep schools open, it means that your resources are spread very, very thinly. You have more teachers than you need. You have, obviously, a lot more principals than you need. Plus, every school site has to have custodians and maintenance and office workers and all of those things. You know, as some of these schools are just a little over 100 students, you know, they're not even close to the break-even point, which is over 300 students, in terms of the money they get from the state versus um enrollment at a school. So right now, Oakland Unified is supplementing those schools to just keep them afloat, which again, you know, reduces what is distributed across the entire district and what the district can provide. Like you mentioned, I mean, the school district has been dealing with financial issues for two decades now with declining enrollment. I mean, it might have a lot of people scratching their heads. If they saw this coming, you know, why couldn't another less dramatic strategy be implemented sooner? Well, you know, I think they've tried. I think, you know, the problem is when you're fighting against declining enrollment, and then we had the Great Recession, they're still paying off the loan from a state takeover in 2003. Um, They had to borrow $100 million from the state because they were fiscally insolvent. So they're still paying that off. Um, And so there's just a lot of expenses. Now, you know, a lot of districts across the state are having financial troubles, including San Francisco and other districts. It's just that Oakland situation is exacerbated by a lot of years of declining enrollment without taking significant action to balance the budget. Essentially, just like San Francisco and other districts, they've they've been overspending. Mm-hmm. And now they have to find a way to, you know, balance the budget. They've made $40 million in cuts recently. It's still not enough to put them in the black next year and the year after. They've sort of been plugging that hole with one-time money like pandemic funding or pandemic Mm -hmm. recovery funding. You know, but there's only so much one-time funding that you can kind of plug the hole in the boat before it starts really sinking. There are a ton of community members and activists that have pointed out that the 16 schools on the chopping block have students that are mostly black and brown. Can you explain why these particular schools have been targeted? Sure. So the schools that are most under-enrolled are in communities of color for the most part. When I was talking to, to school board president Gary Yee, he, he talked about everything from the mobility of families, the uh gentrification, which is driving out some families, but bringing in families that maybe go may choose other things like like private schools. And then, of course, charter schools, um, which really, they've, they've really focused on some of these disadvantaged communities, communities of color, low-income communities. And a lot of students from these communities are either choosing another option like a charter school or they're they're choosing to go to another school in the district. So they're leaving their community to go to another school in the district. The district is really looking at the schools that are dramatically under-enrolled, that are well below, for the most part, that 300 student threshold to be financially stable, and trying to find, you know, which schools can you close and still keep kids within a mile or so of a, of their school and and so it's 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 sort of a juggling act of all the logistics as well as you know the financial implications i have some friends who have kids who are students at these schools which are at risk of closure and i think one of the concerns that i've heard is that 
The communication hasn't been very clear. This seems to be a bit of a rush job, especially during a pandemic when families are already struggling. I mean, does it feel like this seems like a bit of a rush job from your perspective? Well, I've definitely covered school closures over the years, and usually it's a pretty long process to identify which schools would be closed. There's a lot of community input, and then you still have a really emotional, crazy battle and vote over that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is really sped up. A lot of that has to do with the fact that the board did pass a moratorium on school closures last year. And then basically the state and the county stepped in and said, you are not making the decisions to be fiscally solvent. And if you do not start making decisions that keep you in the black for not just this year or next year, but the year after, then, you know, you're going to see increased state intervention. Oakland was already you know, in fiscal trouble, losing enrollment during the pandemic, and then having to pay back a state loan, the state actually intervened and said, look, we'll we'll set aside a bunch of money for you, $27 million, if you take these steps to make sure that you are fiscally responsible. Well, the problem is they got some of that money, but there's still $10 million on the table that they may not get and probably won't. At least right now, they don't qualify for it because they haven't taken those actions that the state and the county have required. So right now, they're actually losing money because they're not balancing their budget. Mm. And so I think this is their last effort to do that. And so if they don't make the decision now, it's too late to close the schools before fall. I mean, a lot of people are questioning the leadership on school boards right now. We know that in San Francisco. Does this also boil down to a leadership issue, you think? Well, I mean, certainly when you look at you know, any organization and you see that there are fiscal problems or other struggles, you know, you're going to look at the leadership. So in this case, the school board or the superintendent, I I think in Oakland, it's obviously a lot more complicated than that, Mm -hmm. because, you know, the leadership didn't have a lot of control over losing 15,000 students. Right. So it's, it's how the leadership has reacted to that over the years. And, you know, and certainly no one ever wants to close schools. And so it is not a decision any school board ever wants to make. There's still board members right now that say we don't need to close schools. They're fighting it. Um, you know, they want to find another way. And so it's it's that constant tug of war and battle of of how do you balance a budget with the least amount of impact. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I think, you know, for a lot of years, they've kind of kicked the can down the road plugging the holes, doing what they can. And and now really the state and the county are kind of coming back saying it's it's midnight and you gotta, you know, you gotta take action. This wouldn't be the first time that OUSD has closed and merged schools before. Has that strategy been successful in the past? Well, yes and no. They closed five schools um, several years ago, uh, many years ago now, you know, to try to deal with the declining enrollment that they were seeing. And, and I think, you know, it, it was the same s- struggle. Um, the meetings were filled with hundreds and hundreds of crying and angry parents and children and teachers. 
And they ended up closing five schools, one converted into a charter, and then two of the sites uh, became home to charter schools. So there was a loss of students. I think it was a really difficult situation. It's unclear how much money they actually saved. Mm-hmm. That said, more recently, they have merged some schools, including uh, they mer- they closed Kaiser and merged it in with Sankofa. And what they're seeing in that case is that um, Sankofa, which was an under-enrolled school, um, is now seeing much more of a, a diverse student body and enrollment is growing. So it, we're still in a wait and see mode, but in that mm-hmm. case, because it's so recent, but uh, you know, district officials are pointing out that they're seeing really good signs from that, even though it was really difficult and really emotional to, to close Kaiser and, and uh, merge it with Sankofa. More with Jill Tucker after a quick break. OUSD's financial woes are threatening a state takeover of the district. She'll explain what that means. Also, producer Karen Creighton spoke to one of the hunger strikers, Moses Omalade, on the eve of the school board's vote. He shares why he's decided to protest in such a serious way. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before we get back to our interview with Jill Tucker, let's hear from a protester who is taking the hardest line in the opposition to the school closures and mergers. Moses Omalade has been on a hunger strike for a week now. Here he is explaining how he's feeling and what he'd like to see happen. I felt backed into the the corner. Um, As you can imagine, an animal, or I would say a big cat backed into a corner, the fight is gonna be real. That's how I felt. The city is enraged. So I'm just channeling the feelings that everyone else is feeling. The fact that out of the schools you're closing, they're predominantly black and brown, is a marker that you are missing the ball. You are missing the mark, you are dropping the ball. How are you assessing who gets to close and who doesn't? What is your equation? We've asked them that time and time again. They've provided nothing. And when we look at how much they're saving, we're talking about 2.1 of their budget. The $14 million, that's 2.1 of their budget. So you'd rather close 15 schools or all these schools you're closing to close 2% of your budget when it impacts this many people? We know this is a money move. It's not a, it's not a money move to save money. It's not to save, because if it's about savings, that's a joke. Because your numbers don't even match up. If you want to save big money, close down some, some, some schools that have money and let those kids commute down here. If you, want to, if you want to save big chunks, let's just go ahead and gut that school, send those kids down here, since their parents are going to be able to fundraise and bring money to the schools, right? That's... But there are many other ways. California could forgive the loan. Governor Newsom needs to be here, because I want to hear, how would you sign on to something like this? When you have almost $23 billion 
and discretionary funds. You could wipe this out like this. But um, Sunshine and I, I can speak for myself actually, are using this opportunity um, to show what it means to really love, even if it means our bodies being harmed or potentially transitioning. Because we're not just gonna sit back and like, half is done, we're done, no. Gavin Newsom means to hear from you. Jill, as we just heard, emotions are really high right now. We just heard one of the hunger strikers, Moses Omalade, who says, the financial savings from closing and merging these schools isn't worth it, that the savings would be relatively small. What is the opposition's argument? The opposition, including the hunger strikers, basically say that the trauma and the toll on students and families is just too great and not worth what could be about a $14 million savings in in closing six schools and merging a bunch of others. Mm -hmm. And that this is so damaging to families and communities and children that in the case of the two hunger strikers, they're willing to die, or, or that's what they say, in order to stop the closure of the schools. You know, certainly closing schools is is terribly, you know, emotional and, and difficult. My school closed when I was in fourth grade. And, mm. and, um, and it was really hard going to a school where you had to make new friends and, and all of those things. And I think that, you know, especially for communities of color and disadvantaged kids, that upheaval is really difficult. I think ultimately, the question is, can Oakland sustain twice as many schools as districts of similar size, is that a healthy future for the district? And and if if not, yeah, you know what what do you do? Like how how else do you cut or save money? Mm-hmm. And if the district doesn't sort out its financial woes, we know a state takeover will happen. It's happened in the past. What does that mean for someone who doesn't understand that? If a state takes over a district, what are the consequences of that, and how would that impact? students and families. Right. So if a district becomes fiscally insolvent, basically literally meaning they cannot pay their bills, Oakland's not the only district this has happened to, but the state steps in, they give a loan, um, and they take over. And that means that there is no longer local control. The school board has no power at all. A state administrator steps in and is sort of a dictator type of of person who basically makes all the decisions. um, And it, it takes years for the school board to regain mm. any sense of control. And so really, at that point, the community doesn't have a say. It's all down to the state and the state's appointee to run the district. And, and you know, for those who have been through that, it's a really, really difficult process because mm-hmm. the whole goal at that point is to stabilize the district financially and all of the things that parents and other people worry about for their kids takes a bat burner to just getting the district on financial stable ground. So it is not anything that any district family teacher wants uh, because losing local control means you don't have a voice anymore. It's hard to predict the outcome in something as tense and as emotional as this has been. What are you anticipating ahead of the vote? What do you think will happen? Well, during the informational meeting, there was a proposal to delay the closures and the discussions of closures until August, and the board voted five to two against that. 
So, you know, it, it, it appears that based on that vote, that there is a majority to support the closures. Mm-hmm. But again, it, you know, until it happens, I will make no, um, no predictions. real predictions. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this will pave the way for more mergers and closures in the future? Do you think this will be a strategy that will be reemployed again and again? Well, already the superintendent's plan includes more closures and mergers next year, fewer, but still more. And so, you know, it's possible that in the coming years, I don't know that it will happen every year, but in the coming years that they may consider more closures and consolidations to to what what folks like to call to right size the district Mm -hmm. and and create a district that, you know, has has the size of schools and the size of classrooms that make it, you know, much more financially viable. Mm -hmm. Jill, this is so complicated and it's also so important. Thank you for explaining it to me. I appreciate it. Oh, sure thing. Anytime. Jill Tucker is an education reporter for The Chronicle. Her coverage of OUSD's proposal to close and merge their schools is online now at sfchronicle.com or on The Chronicle app. Thank you to Moses Omalade, one of the hunger strikers, for sharing his thoughts with us for this episode. The audio from Moses was recorded by Karen Creighton, who also produced this episode. Thanks for listening.